0: Welcome to The Coat Hanger on 2 ser 107.3. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast and record this show, the Gadigal of the Eora Nation, and we pay our respects to elders past and present. The Coat Hanger is a show and podcast where we tackle women's footy with a Sydney view. I'm your host, Fiona Lamb, coming to you from the New South Wales Central Coast, which is Garingai land. And I'm joined by
1: woman Jinka. I'm coach Kiwi and I am coming to you from Wurundjeri and Boonwarong country, part of the Eastern Kulin nation in Melbourne.
2: And I'm Lauren Hodson, and I'm coming to you from the Sutherland Shire, which is in darawal country.
0: In this week's show, our round two pod for AFLW season seven, we will chat about surprises in the matches of round two. We're gonna talk about Fearless, the AFLW doco. We wanna talk memberships and we will cover tipping. But first, we want to review the Sydney matches from round
2: two. Let's hear from you first, Loz. So the first up out of the Sydney teams was the Swans. They went down to Melbourne and took on Collingwood at Vic Park. And unfortunately, uh, it wasn't a good result for the Swans they went down uh, by 31 points they had a good start they were up at quarter time but a bit like the practice match against the Pies a few weeks ago they just couldn't sustain that pressure and again I think it was that experience bigger bodies of the Pies that, that won Alicia Newman was impressive particularly early on with a bit of speed as well um, you know Ellie Morfett, again, I thought she was quite good in the ruck. Uh Tarrant as well, really good defender. So still some some positives there. Um, but yeah, unfortunately another loss to start the Swans season.
0: Now, really important, Loz, was your mum there?
2: <laughs> oh, no, I think my mum was actually uh may have been uh having Father's Day lunch with my, my dad and my sisters. So um, And fair enough, but too. I know Look, I think you've raised you've raised an issue right here quite early in the pod, in the
0: show, and that is that uh, on Father's Day, a bit difficult to get to to five games or to watch oh, five games.
1: Well, true. I also people, for I also some think folks, think just saying, blokes blokes love sport. So, what better way than spend the day with your dad at sport? Go to a women's football game. Yeah, all right. Yeah, okay, yeah, there's Um, something there for everyone. Just coming back to the Swans, probably (laughs) alarming that they only scored one point in the second half of the game. And I think an area that we sort of touched on last week that they might want to really um, probably grow and develop this week heading into the um, Hanger Cup at the SCG on Saturday Mm -hmm. is um, their inside midfielders. They need to get their hands on the ball a lot more and have more impact in the games. Um, last week we talked about their top two, I think only got 11 disposals each. Um, this week I think they're sitting around about 11 and 13 again, whereas um, their opponents, you look at Jamie Lambert, You know she, she picked up, I think it was 20 disposals or 26 disposals, but most inside midfielders are sitting around about their low or mid 20s on an average game. So the Swans is kind of only half, you know, getting that, getting that use of the football half the number of times as other midfielders um, in the competition. So um, probably a little bit of alarm bells in that that part of the game, I would think.
2: Yeah, definitely have to uh, agree there. And like I said, after the first quarter, they were up at quarter time, so great start. But again, they just can't keep that. And I know we're only at week two but I think it's shown against more experienced sides that it's just so hard to maintain that pressure.
1: And this week they're going to come against probably one of the best midfielders in the whole competition with Elise Parker. So um, two things, you got to stop her getting it and let your meds get it.
0: Yeah. All right. Do you want to move on to the giants game where giants were dominated by the uh, Brisbane lions?
2: Yeah, let's let's look at them. Similar story to the Swans game. The Giants were actually up at quarter time, um, mm. but like the Swans, unfortunately, in the last three quarters, they they didn't get a lot on the scoreboard. So in the end, the Lions won by forty seven points. It was sixty seven to twenty. But yeah, after quarter time, the Giants only scored one goal too. Um, you mentioned Elise Parker before. I think she got her first goal last week. She got another goal <laughs> this week. And mm-hmm. Cora Staunton, for the first time in who knows how long, wasn't one of the Giants' goal scorers. But, yeah. uh, and whilst Brisbane are a, obviously they've started very well, two massive wins, you know, almost uh, what is it, eight goals each time, it's, yeah, it's certainly concerning that, um, yeah, like the Swans, they haven't been able to maintain the early pressure and, and, you know, keep scoring.
0: Well, it does look like the uh, Lions made that third quarter, the premiership quarter that everyone says it is because it's uh, so uh, I'm just looking at the, the, the stats here. And um, so Giants scored, as you say, two goals in the first quarter, didn't score anything in the second quarter. But in the second quarter, Lions were um, four goals and they kicked another three behinds. Then in the third quarter, they're up. Uh, what, I'm trying to do my maths here. So they, they could kicked another, another four, four goals, three. Another four yeah. goals, another three behinds. Massive, massive. So, yeah, uh, partic- yeah particularly in women's problems. footy as
2: well. It's, you know, to be kicking, um, to be having wins of, you know, near eight goals a couple of weeks in a row and to continue on with that scoring. Um, yeah, the Giants had said they started well, but after quarter time, unfortunately, wasn't a you know wasn't a lot there.
1: I think some of it might also be just you know the Lions are a very polished team. Like they mm. they've got some very good and experienced footballers. If you know for the for a chunk of that team have played in a few grand finals now. Um, you know, and they're able to absorb pressure. So if, you know, if their opponents get that early lead, they're able to absorb it, but then come back into the game and take control. And throughout the game, what I saw was um, the Giants were just willing to still attack with the football. And, you know, there were aspects of the game or passages in the play where they, they just transitioned really well with the football and they looked exciting. And just, there's just little bits that they just lack a little bit of polish. Um, you know, there was one there was one point and it's just it would have happened a few times in the game where I think Haneen herself um just timed her run, you'd just about to say to perfection, um, just inside the fifty and got the ball oh, I can't remember who she got it off, but got the ball off her and then had a snap at goal and maybe a couple more steps, could have made a better um, shot on goal, but but she's she's getting into the position right. Like they're moving the ball well. They've got players that are um, starting now to read each other very good. They're reading their opponents really good, so they're timing things a lot better. Um, and then it was just that finish, just just lack that little bit of polish around the goal. And I think they they probably could have had a few more um, goals if they're a little bit more polished in the game. So it wasn't without trying, you know. They they brought the ball into the inside fifty, and um, you know th- their their ball movement is actually quite it's well spread around the game, around the field. They're, you know, they've changed up quite a bit from how they were playing the last couple of seasons and, you know, creating opportunities for others to, you know, get on the scoreboard. And, and obviously with Elise Parker coming forward when she travels with the ball, is exciting. But um, yeah, I think just, just, just a little bit of polish. And I don't know, well, I can't blame the cold because obviously it would've been colder for Brisbane. But you know, sometimes you get the cold fingers and you
2: don't. Yes, well, cold take fingers <laughs> and being cold. The Brisbane players were cold because I think three or four of them had the long sleeves. And look, I spent a period of time in Canberra, so it it can get a bit chilly. But one of the, the first things you said there, Kiwi, about Brisbane, you know, they've had the experienced side that have played in grand finals. They've probably also had, particularly the last couple of years, um, a fairly stable side, whereas the Giants have probably had, a, I think, a higher player turnover. And probably in these early on matches, that stuff has a bit more of an impact because if you're playing against an established team, they're more used to playing together. Like you said, they're getting used to each other's styles and and a different game style. Um, you know, Brisbane have had the same coach, pretty stable playing list. So, yeah, I think that stuff comes into play as well. Yeah, so absolutely. it does sound to me, though,
0: that uh, what you're saying is that there's more than what's on the scoreboard. Is that fair to say?
2: definitely yes. mm. well
0: speaking of that what about the the rest of the round there have been some surprises there have been some blowouts there've been some absolute thumpings well so just
1: as a segue for the yeah. Sydney Canberra listeners um, I went along to the Tigers crows game and if you are listening to the crow uh, the Tigers, or looking at the Tigers lineup, there's a whole bunch of Canberra or Sydney players in the Tigers team currently on that list. So you've got Megan Kylie, who play, came from the Central Coast, then went to Sydney. You've got Rebecca Miller, you've got um, Madeline Shevlin from Canberra, and and obviously Isla Sharon. that we went on and on, and probably everyone's going on and on about last week. Um, and they're really contributing two Tigers and I think you know they nearly rolled the crows I think you know if you saw that game you you know and crows crows just were they were they were pretty closely out muscled throughout the game um, pure intent through the um, pressure that the Tigers brought to it. And, you know, Tigers will probably be a little bit dirty on themselves. They've got two weeks now in a row they've lost close games. Yeah. They had a bit of a lead on the scoreboard. They did create opportunities. It was there for them to win. Um, Crows came strong in that last quarter when, uh, you know, sitting there watching the game, we just sort of said, you know, this is where an experienced team will stand up. And yes, they did. Um, but Chelsea Randall or Chelsea Everywhere Randall is just yes. you know at one point she was in the forward line when they needed a target to get the score on the board, to get them in front. Next minute they thrown her behind the ball when <laughs> they protected their lead. Um and she spent some time in the ruck, which we don't normally see her in the ruck contest. We see her often, you know, every now and then as a midfield, but she was just absolutely phenomenal, just amazing, speechless. Yeah. She
0: was. So um in other matches, uh, I would have I would have expected Port Adelaide to play uh, be, to perform better against Western Bulldogs and I would have expected the Dockers to play better against the cats, but how about that, that didn't happen? So how Bulldogs twenty eight.
1: You have to go back a few years, I think, to find free to a game where they didn't score a goal.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I thought they were actually humiliated, humiliated by the cats. They have and been. the I most could not have predicted things. that at the start <laughs> of this, of this season. I could not have pre- predicted that. And you I know, think well, this take well done to the, the cats.
1: cats. to the top of the ladder.
0: It does. Is that yep. correct? Cats are on yeah. top. Yeah. I think
1: it
2: goes no, cats no, 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 uh, followed by that. the Saints. I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, Saints look, hats off
0: right to them. Too. In in um, close matches, we had a. Um, Carlton beat Essendon thirty-two to thirty-one, so it was Carlton five-two 32 to Essendon four-seven
1: 31. I think. That one, what, the if, if Essendon
0: gonna... could uh, could uh, do a bit of work on their accuracy, I had uh, some, could I had be some a real intel threat. from
1: that field in that Essendon didn't really play till the fourth quarter. <laughs> So they really um, <laughs> What, they weren't didn't, there? Didn't do yeah, yeah, perhaps that it was a Not sunny day in wrong. Melbourne, they might have been out catching some rays. Um, but they had fifteen scoring shots from twenty-five inside fifties. Hmm. Con- compared to Carlton's eleven scoring shots from twenty six inside fifties. So throughout well, Carlton the Carlton didn't very, score at all
0: even, in the fourth quarter.
1: But um Carlton would just um you know, got got the biggest score from, from their shots on goals. So mm. yeah. Interesting. Bit of rivalry yeah. in that game, obviously, with um Matty Pasparkis and George G switching clubs in mm. the interim season and um talking about it pre this game about um coming coming to face your old mates.
0: Yeah, well look, there's been a bit of bifo out there, hasn't there? Now I didn't see the uh St Kilda Hawks game, but I suspect that uh if if they weren't thumped literally, <laughs> we can just say they were thumped metaphorically. Well,
1: this so, is a St. Kilda uh, team. St Kilda
0: 9963 over Hawks one 1410.
1: Yeah, it's um Saint Well, you know, we've talked a little bit about the Saints list this year looking so much stronger. And they've just carried on what they did last week. They've just continued that same dominance. They've got three key forwards, you know, Nick Stevens, um, G Train and Kate Sheila. That that's hard to mark up on. And, you know, last week it was Kate Sheila who kicked I think it was four last week. She only got two today. But G-Train got three. So, you know, they're shearing the bags around. So They're working um, well
2: in combination, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. They're, they, they're, they're potent.
1: And it was good to see um, Nat on back. I, I love seeing Natty. She doesn't have the mullet anymore, so um, harder to recognise on the field. But y- you certainly see her tackle pressure. And she didn't she get her hands on the ball a lot of times. But when she did, she set stuff up. And, and that's what you want in your team. You want players who can come straight back in and make an impact. And um, I love seeing it.
0: Okay, we're going to move on now. We want sun's to talk about win.
1: Just one more thing. Sun's yes. got to win oh, over geez. Eagles.
0: Sorry. Massive
1: rivalry. Thank you. And I think aesthetically <laughs> that is my favourite game to watch. Yeah. Because one team is red and one team is blue. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> on a green field. It just, I love it. It's pretty. Um, but it was also at Gold Coast Stadium, which is also a very lovely ground. But um, hats well, off to the Suns. That hats off to solid. the Suns.
0: Exactly. And then, you know what? Put your hat back on because, you know, the sun stroke. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, good. Uh, Let's talk now about the AFLW documentary called Fearless. Now, uh, as a lot of people have mentioned, this documentary needs to come with a content warning because uh, suicide is mentioned. And this is very close to home for us because our friend Cinder is uh, of course the player who um is covered in in that second episode. Uh and she took her own life before the uh before season six, is that correct to say? Yeah, yeah. Uh we love her and continue to miss her. So um, what, what Kiwi mentioned before we started recording tonight is that Cinder uh, is one of the players who performed, who, who, who played not only in the Swans exhibition match, she then went on to play in the Giants team. And is that correct to say that she is unique?
1: um there's very few i thought that fridge
0: did that too no fridge was always a
1: giant through and through Always a giant Uh, nick barr would have been another one and maddie collier would have been another one um who um are both injured i think at the moment so they won't run out for the derby derby for the community cup for the coat hanger cup (laughs) i got it out in the end. The code. Hey, That's right, but save the best we, to last. Save the best to We do want to talk about the injuries though. There was a massive thing about injuries and I thought, you know, last week it might have been the round of um, of sisters. This week it was a round of carnage, like absolute carnage. And um, you'll see a photo that uh, we posted today um, at the end of the Hawks-Saints game with three players finished that game on crutches um one of them is an ankle the other two a knee we don't know how bad the knees are at this stage um the sun's eagles game there was a knee potential knee there with jamie stanton um belinda smith perhaps broken ribs um the players at the hawks saints games are um it was tomorrow luke with her knee and uh from hawks and saints player Jade Van Dyke, there's Jade, yeah, Jade Van Dyke with her knee, and then Lou Stevenson had um, really similar way she went down as Montana Ham last week, but it looks like hers is an ankle, the way she's bent her ankle, so don't know how bad that one is, um, and then probably everyone has seen the um, Port Bulldogs game, um, there was there was a concussion, but there was also um, Brittany Gutnick, who uh, has got quite a severe broken leg possibly two broken bones in that lower limb uh was pretty serious but um yeah some it was a weekend it was a weekend of carnage really
0: that was ghastly actually wasn't it
2: (laughs) yeah Yeah. it was was, was pretty bad next injury one thing i will oh a couple of things i'll give credit to last week we spoke about um broadcasters showing injury and, and not i guess Yes. maybe being appropriate, I think it was handled well. Um, Port Adelaide and Bulldogs medical teams worked together at the ground. Um, and, you know, you saw scenes of of players and, and coaching staff and the Bulldogs also supporting her family. So I think whilst it was something that was, you know, pretty, I think it would have been pretty traumatic for, for people around to see your friend, an opponent, that kind of stuff's not great. I think it was handled quite well from what I saw and all reports I've, I've heard and read since.
1: Yeah, they showed even, um, so obviously her mum was there and it's very rare that um, any friends or family are allowed on the field anyway, but they did let her on and she was right down beside um, Brittany while they were trying to put her onto the um, stretcher on the side of the yeah. field. So that was really nice. Um, mm. But Sarah Hartwig, who, um, i don't know how close she is in friendship but obviously a teammate but she was absolutely distraught yes. and and I, it may have been because it happened not not far from the bench yeah so it was right in front of the bench. players who get very squeamish or get you know really some can see this kind of thing and can carry on but she was really distraught and you could see um nathan burke really consoling her for quite quite some time she went back in the game and and you know she was fine afterwards um, but probably the best thing is that green whistle. That by the time they took her away, she was smiling <laughs> and joking and laughing a bit, which I think is the best thing because I think her team you could see the whole roller coaster of emotions.
0: Yeah, through they it needed all, to and see that, did they? By the
1: time they took her, so I think you need that to get back on the game, and and then you know they were pretty solid after that as well. So I think
2: a hundred percent. Oh, just one one more thing on that on the uh, on the commentary. The, uh, the, the the commentators also mentioned they said the green whistle must be working well because she almost did a queen-like wave then as she's getting into the ambulance. <laughs> so, yeah, it um, but, yes, it was a yeah, pre- pretty horrible situation yep. but I think handled really well.
0: Yep. I like morphine too. Moving on. Uh, memberships.
1: Hey, yeah, look, it, I don't know, last season at some point we talked about breaking the record for the memberships for female, across the female clubs or the clubs, female teams. And we talked about the Swans broke the record 4,400. They now currently have 6,264 members. Huge. Huge. Hawthorne are cheering that they've broken their records and they've got 5,000 members for the Hawks alone. Um, I'm not sure what the Giants' numbers are, but I would love all the records to come back out. And that's phenomenal. That's, you know, keep keep buying into the women's football and the money goes to the team. So um, this is this is awesome.
0: Yeah, great. Okay, uh, we need to talk about tipping.
1: Well, Do we really need to
2: talk about tipping?
1: <laughs> wow, well, I will talk about one young Aisha Mansfield, um, happens to be one of my Choice Stars players. And she goes all right in the field. Her tipping, she got nine out of nine right. Not only that, she picked the margin for the D's North game. She picked it to be two. So I'm suggesting it was a fluke. She's telling me... <laughs>
0: Um, I was going to say, she did she she's about actually it? also
1: saying maybe I taught her something about football. So I can't really put too much yeah, yeah, crap yeah. on her, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. So she's currently that's moved her up to ninth overall. um Whereas her partner, so I don't know how this is going to go down well at home, is sitting at forty fifth spot. But <laughs> not nice. to come between uh, relationships. Um, let's talk about the stats at the moment. So our old mate M. Is sitting at 8th place overall. Natty P is sitting at 11th. Um, the, the lady of the week last week, I don't know what happened to your mum Loz, she has dropped from first place to 24th place. <laughs> um, she only got four right this week. Um, but our team, if we go down to our team, we have got um, Lozzy sitting at 52, 52nd. Fee's sitting at 57th. And I don't know what happened to my tips. I'm sitting at 59. I don't know. Oh! Anyway, you know what? The strongest people,
2: the strongest team sit at the bottom of the ladder because we've got to hold everyone else
1: we've up. hold everyone else there up. You are. Um, our yes. other two You're top tipsters from last year, MG and Tiff, MG's sitting in 30th and Tiff is sitting in 56th place.
0: Kiwi, we're going to move on now the Coat Hanger Cup. Who wants to talk about the Coat Hanger Cup? I just think I'm going to cut Kiwi out right now and invite Lods to speak about the Coat Hanger I will
2: talk cup. about the Coat Hanger Cup. Please do. Because I'm literally I the inaugural will. holder of the Coat Hanger you Cup. Are. Because I've actually held it. You have. I have held it. I have seen it. It's in a very, very secret and safe location <laughs> somewhere in the Shire. But, look, it's, um, it, it'll be nice. It's the first time we've had Sydney and the Giants in an AFLW game. Obviously, we know there was an exhibition match, you know, six or seven years ago. But this is the first time with the Coat Hanger Cup. It's going to look resplendent in the sun at the SCG. There'll be ribbons. There'll be sun shining off it. It'll be fantastic. And, of course, well, we'll find out. In a week's time or six days' time, who's going to be the uh inaugural name that, that goes on the plaque?
0: That's right. Okay. 2 40 p.m. on Saturday, the 10th of September. 10th of September, oh, yes, September at the SCG. Get along in your best Get red along orange. Buy your ticks. Come and find me. I'll be very easy to find because I'll be wearing my coach hanger shirt. And you can hold the Coat Hanger Cup before it is uh, awarded. What an honour. What a joy. What a pleasure. What a privilege. So, of course, with the Coat Hanger Cup, we're going to have to name our Coat Hanger Cup winners. I'm going to go with giants. Kiwi.
1: I want the Swans to win. (laughs) And I think... I think they're going to go hard early in the game and I think the, the size of this field, the width of this field, is going to suit the way the Giants are currently playing. I'm going to go to the Giants by 18.
0: Do I have to commit to a margin?
1: I think so.
2: Six. Six points. Los. Oh, that is a close one. I'm going to go for the Giants. I think they'll do it by four goals. And I, uh, I think Cora Stoughton, I know they're, trying to not rely on her. I think she'll have a big day. Katie, the history, the
1: history. last time these two teams played at the SCG, uh, Sydney Swans ran out win- winners by about 40-odd points ahead of the Giants. And it was a, another foreigner, um, I think it was Katie Clatt, who kicked four goals for the Swans that day. Uh, she's an American, plays so, for the American so Freedom Team. So just for those who are
0: freedom. not picking this up, uh, that was the exhibition match back in the year of our Lord, 2014. <laughs> and so, for the record, as I was saying before we started recording uh, today, that was part of the reason this entire pod started because we, I was with uh, Coach Kiwi, standing outside the gates at the SCG, ready to. to go and see the men's match that was on, but we were there early because we wanted to see the women's exhibition match and we were locked out. They did not open the gates in time for us to be in our seats. What they did was open the gates after the first siren. That's right. We had to run like geese to our seats. Well, gooses, I wanted to say. I felt like a goose. Running! How ridiculous. I was incensed. I said I should write a letter. I've told Susan Alberti that I wanted to write a letter. She said, you should write a letter, Fee. I haven't written that letter yet. Maybe I will. No, I'll start the podcast instead. You can send a tweet now. (laughs) I might send a tweet.
1: (laughs) Times have changed. Send a
0: tweet or something. It was so disrespectful. It was so rude. There was no one there to cheer these women coming out on the field. It was It was was, uh, despicable. I'm going to say that word, despicable. So here we are uh, in the pod trying to bring women's footy to a Sydney audience. We're doing our best. Thanks for listening.
1: It's also um, Indigenous Round this week as well, so um, get along early and – Usually, pre game, there's a lot that goes on with some welcome ceremonies and smoke ceremonies. And um, the SCG often has the um, Yiddickie player who stands up and he plays as Yiddickie after each of the Swans goals. So, hopefully, they've got that um, down, ready to go. And for those that may often have called that a didgeridoo, official name is Yiddickie. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's always a great sound around that stadium, too.
0: Yep. And I am hoping to catch up with Alicia Newman and Brooke Lachlan very shortly. And hopefully you'll hear that very soon. So that's all we have time for right now. This has been the round two part of the Coat Hanger for AFLW Season 7. We'll be coming to you every week on 2 SER 107.3. Be sure to catch us on our socials. We are at Coat Hanger Footy on Twitter insta and facebook don't forget to catch the full version of this show in our podcast with extra content in the fifth quarter wherever you get your podcasts and as always for the best harbour views in women's footy tune in to the coat hanger taken as a free agent in the inaugural draft four seasons at Melbourne Demons, two seasons at Collingwood, before coming north of the border and settling into the sunnier city. She's a dynamic small forward, winner of goal of the year in 2018. We have the excitement machine from Niggy Niggie Mob in Queensland, Alicia Newman. Welcome to the Coat Hanger. Thanks for having me. All right. Now, you've got experience at uh, three very different clubs now with quite different coaching styles, and now you're in a city that doesn't revolve around the sport. How have you found the transitions?
3: Yeah, I actually quite prefer it, to be honest. I'm not really like – I don't really like the limelight, so I prefer to be in a city that's not too AFL-based. Um, AFL I don't know too much about NRL, so I think I need to jump on that train, but um, no. Um, no, don't. don't. Don't let it leave the station. <laughs>
0: Now, you've got 41 games under your belt and you're one of the more experienced Swans players. How much mentoring do you do with the new
3: kids or have you been paired up or do you have a group you spend more time with than others? Um, I don't really do. I guess you don't really label it as mentoring, but you do kind of fall under um, some people who take under your wing. I live with five of the girls all um and so yeah I kind of take those girls under my wing but um yeah I'm pretty much a big kid so um when when you say that I've got 41 games and I'm one of the most experienced um all the girls would say that they wouldn't even probably pick that because they just think I'm 22 and just started so right (laughs) I, I do like to take that um I guess that leadership approach but um yeah I guess it's more so off field than than on field
0: right yeah fair enough uh, so, round three is importantly Indigenous round. Back in 2020, you designed the Guernsey for the Dees women's team, uh, sharing your story. And across the board, we, we see more of that now. Port have already posted a video talking about the story behind their special jumpers for this week. How important is it for not just that visibility, but to be sharing a big part of culture in story through artwork?
3: Yeah, it is, it is very important. I think it's just another way um, to... I guess engaging conversations um through art I think um yeah I I do a little bit myself as you mentioned um we we didn't actually get to wear the the jumper that I designed for Melbourne because of COVID but um, yes. yeah, it, is, it is it was very exciting and very humbling for myself to to do something like that and um now I'm kind of going down the the boots road so um I've designed a few of the girls boots for this weekend so um yeah it is right. very exciting and it's something that I am very passionate about so um yeah I think it's it's only going to grow and yeah as you said I love reading about um, the designs of the jumpers uh, from all the teams and um, yeah it is getting better and better and bigger every year Um, so yeah it is very exciting.
0: Yeah so Swan's Swan's legend Adam Goods had a big part in the original Marnbrook Swan's Guernsey designed by his mother which the women get to wear for Indigenous round. Do you know if the club will have him or Lisa down to present or talk about the
3: story? Um, No I'm not too sure. Um, I've got no, no idea at the moment it is pretty full-on um with the men in finals this weekend yes of
0: course yeah fair enough or oh, will we see an Alicia Newman Swans Guernsey in the future with the story of the
3: women's team um potentially there might be something in store but um Swans go about it um very well and I think yeah it, it doesn't matter who designs it I think it's yep. um, it's always a very exciting round
0: right so open to offers then yeah. <laughs> great so family is important to you we know you hold your grandmother's wedding rings close to you and take along to every match we're guessing they've made the trip to sydney too
3: yeah yeah they make the sydney uh sorry they make the trip everywhere they were down in melbourne with me they they um they don't leave my bag so
0: oh that's great
3: yeah they come with me everywhere
0: yeah, fabulous. You were on the AFLW Indigenous Advisory Group a few seasons ago. How important is it, and how much influence does that play in creating culturally safe policies and guidelines?
3: Yeah, I think it. Um, I think from an AFLW point of view, there was only uh, myself and Ali, Ali Anderson um, from Brisbane um, in that. So I guess being able to sit in and listen to what the men, um, I guess, have to go through and, and the challenges and adversity that they see um I think it was just really eye-opening for us um obviously our season is very short and and we don't actually um I guess we're not in as involved as what they are um I guess in the media and and all that sort of stuff so I think um just being able to sit down and listen um to like Eddie Betts and Sean Burgoyne and and the big names um in the AFL at the time um with yeah I guess the challenges and and um things that they face I think was really I guess yeah eye-opening and um just I guess puts things into perspective uh and then yeah I guess we're now we've got our own kind of um Aboriginal um advisory board for AFL women so I think that's really exciting and we've got um a few of the senior girls from each club in that so that's um that's growing and I think it's yeah it's just going to continue to grow
0: yeah it's great to hear um is there more you want to see in the game to continue developing a culturally safe space what what needs to adjust would you say
3: Um, I think, I mean, every year it gets bigger and better. Um, I think adjusting to anything is always going to be difficult. And I think, um, like, I guess having women in the competition now, there's obviously different things you need to look at. But I think from a wider community and, I guess, um, the AFL in in general, I think, do it really well. Um, There's obviously things that we need to get better at from every which angle, I guess. But, um, yeah, I think
0: they do a really good job so far yeah great uh okay so you got two big games ahead with the coat hanger cup against the giants um so we're going to bring the cup to the game and award it (laughs) uh so the coat hanger cup against the giants and uh and then down to adelaide to take on an expansion team for the first time what are the key messages you're taking into these matches
3: um, I think from the last two weeks, it's just more so four-quarter effort, I think, is probably the main thing. Um, we can pull together two really good quarters and then um, we kind of drop away a little bit. So um, four-quarter effort and then, yeah, like we've got the belief in our group. Um, I think it's it's really exciting the next two weeks. Um, obviously, big game with Giants this weekend. We've got a few players that used to play there, so there's obviously going to be that little bit of rivalry. Um, and then, yeah, obviously going down to Adelaide as well, which should be really um, I guess big for us too they've, they've not won one either just yet so um, and another at the Giants actually so yeah we've got two potential wins on the board so yeah I think it's, it is very exciting
0: Yeah great well wishing you all the very best for uh, the Code Hanging Cup and, uh, and the game against Port um, Alicia Newman thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for having me